The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, I'm a, what I would describe as like a realistically positive person. Like I try mm. to have a positive outlook and perspective on things, but I'm also not ignorant to the, to the fact that life is difficult at times, particularly with diabetes. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Insulone podcast with me, Owen, obviously, as you know. But I feel like when I say welcome back to the Insulone podcast, I'm not just talking to you, the listener. That's more directed towards this person that I'm looking at. He feels like he's back. a stranger he's back. at this point. Ah. Graham, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to know that you haven't physically fallen off the face of the earth. I'm back. I'm back. I tell you, it used to pain me. It used to really hurt me deep down when I'd be sitting down to edit the podcast and you'd be there solo. A, because you were alone and you, you had no guests and you were you were talking and you didn't have me there. But also you, you <laughs> would say, Graham doesn't care about us anymore. He doesn't. Graham doesn't care about the podcast. Graham doesn't care about type 1 diabetics. That couldn't be further from the truth, Don Costello. You know that I am uh, the type 1 diabetic community's favorite non-diabetic I am here for you guys, and I'm back. We're back now. Well, I don't look, know I how... To... Look, talk on, is cheap. Yeah. Talk is cheap. I don't know back. how you could actually prove that to me and prove that to our listeners, because I show up every week, regardless. Well, like, I've shown up... You, no, I'll, be don't interrupt me. I'll be on don't the next one. Me. I'll be on the next one. Don't interrupt me. I've shown <laughs> up every week for 200 episodes. That's even more than 200 weeks. What have you done, Graham? I've sat at a computer and edited (laughs) your voice for 200 weeks, (laughs) 200 episodes. I've sat there and I've done it. Um, it It's great to be back. I I want to apologize. I do want to apologize. Uh, As Owen has referred to in the the previous podcast when he was slagging me, I did just buy a house and I had to do a bit of renovations. Not major work now, not major work, just painting and and uh, doing the floors. And I actually turned a bit neurotic. I think, I don't know if it was the paint fumes on or the sawdust. <laughs> I turned a bit crazy where all I could focus on in my life 
was getting the house to a certain standard to where myself and Claire could move in. That's all I wanted to do. And uh, other things had to, uh, you know, take a bit of a rest. But I, I, I did turn up to edit. I turned up to edit every week. Don't you worry. I was coughing a lung up with sawdust and in my lungs. And you can probably still hear it in my chest now. I'm not great. I probably have taken about 10 years off my life. <laughs> but we're back. The house is at an okay stage where I can take it off, uh, take off an evening and go chat to, to you, Owen. You probably hear, is it very echoey in this room? I have my own office now. Insulone was- HQ. <laughs> Insulone HQ in Dublin. I was going to say, we've now offices in New York and Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, you, Graham, it must be a pretty big house if there's a big echo. How, <laughs> how rich are you, Graham? It, well, I've made a lot of money from the Insulone podcast over the last 200 <laughs> yeah, episodes, as I you imagine. know. I wish. Um, but no, see, you know you're, when you move in and you actually have nothing. So it's just a bare room with a desk in the corner now and my laptop and my new microphone arm, which I'm very excited about. But apart from that, there is a, a paint can, a paintbrush and a drill in the corner. And that's oh, it. you need the essentials, so the many. daily essentials. But I do have a question or more is more so something I noticed and I'd like to get your opinion on it. Go on. So when I was doing all this work, And it kind of shows where my head is at. And I was still thinking about you. Yes, you, the diabetic community. And I was doing like maybe 20 hours over the weekend of DIY and painting and it was kind of physical enough work. But when I was doing it, I was thinking, if I was diabetic, you know, I'm going to pre-bolus for my meals and I'll go on my runs and I know how to treat my bloods before and after the runs and the gym sessions. But what about stuff like doing DIY and physical labor that isn't actually your job. It's kind of, for me, it was something I was doing on the side as well as my job. Something that I'm not used to doing. Uh, How would you prepare for something like that? Because it's so different what you're doing. Like I'm bringing stuff and throwing it into skip and I'm sanding floors and I'm painting walls and it's, it's stressful work as well. So I'm sure that I was getting stressed as well, which would have had an effect on my bloods. How would you prepare for the likes of that all? So funny, even hearing how you ask that question just proves how well informed you are with all things diabetes from 200 plus episodes, like <laughs> the stress, the movement, the pre-bolus, all these different things. So congratulations, Graham, you're thank you, an thank expert. You. Um, but good question. Like, And it, I always think back to when I was in Ireland, like any time I would clean the car, my blood sugars would drop like any time. And it used to be really, really frustrating. But when I think, like I obviously got to a stage where I realized why it was happening because I'm in there, I'm opening doors, I'm closing doors, I'm taking things out, I'm putting it back in, I'm scrubbing, I'm hoovering. Like there's a lot of movement mm. involved, even though you wouldn't necessarily consider it, quote unquote, exercise. And because of all that movement that I was doing and because of the fact that I never would typically consider it exercise, I wouldn't have any sort of planning prior to it or else I wouldn't have any steps that I would take during to avoid a low blood sugar. Whereas in reality, I probably should be preparing in advance of that thing because even though it's not traditional exercise, I'm still moving around a lot. I'm still expending a lot of energy, which in itself will likely have my blood sugars trending lower. 
And it's, it's actually interesting that you asked this question because there's somebody in our program who has actually joined us quite recently, but she has young kids and she's like, oh, I always, my blood sugars always go low when I'm with the kids. And I'm like, well, what are, you, what are you doing with the kids? And she says, well, I'm picking them up. I'm putting them down and playing with them. I'm going up and down the stairs. And again, it's not traditional exercise, but it's a lot of movement. And it's not just yeah. movement in the sense of you're standing up and down from your desk or you're walking to and from the fridge or the TV or whatever it is. It's still a relatively significant amount of movement that can have an impact on blood sugar. So if I was to buy a house and spend as much time renovating it as you did, Graham, in advance of the renovating that I'm doing on any given day, I would probably try and kind of put my diabetic hat on and prepare for it in advance to help avoid going low. Because even from my personal experience, like I've talked about, even just cleaning the car, I typically go low. So preparation could be something along the lines of reducing my insulin that I may be taking prior to starting reservations or renovations, I should say, so that I have less active insulin in my system. So when I'm moving around, when I'm painting, scrubbing, cleaning, that movement itself, the insulin that I have in my system, even though it's exaggerated because of my movement or the impact of the insulin is exaggerated because of my movement, there's not enough in my system to pull me into a hypo state. So I always like to give myself different options for any type of scenario. So like I said, option number one, reduce insulin that I take with something or with a meal prior to any renovations that I'm doing. Option number two for me would be completely eliminate or avoid taking any insulin, fast acting insulin that is, in the one, two, three, four-ish hour lead up to me starting the renovations or else, and it, it's kind of like the flip side of it, but essentially serves the same purpose. I would increase the amount of carbohydrate that I consume without increasing the amount of insulin that I take. So like the best way to look at it is reducing my insulin intake prior to exercise or movement or increasing my carbohydrate intake prior to exercise or movement essentially serve the same purpose. For me, it's more predictable blood sugar-wise if I just try and reduce or eliminate active insulin on board during movement. Then what I would do, depending on what type of renovations I'm doing and how rigorous it is or how, how aggressively I'm cleaning things, <laughs> I, would just, I, would, I would just ensure to have glucose tablets on me. Really boring, really simple, but really effective. Or just take a break every 30 minutes and see, oh, where are my blood sugars at? Do I need 10 grams of carbohydrate without insulin to just keep me topped up? I would just try and keep it as simple as possible. But as I said, it, de it depends on how aggressively I'm renovating a house. Uh, there were, yeah, because you got to include stress in there because... Jesus, I know you mentioned once before where there was a there was this period of your life where you were just like constantly stressed. Mm. So you had that ball of anxiety in your stomach and your bloods all over the place. Yeah. I there was one week I was thinking about it again. What would I be like now if I was diabetic? So this is a very long story short, 
but I rented out a machine to sand floors. Like I rented it from a higher tool company and I ended up breaking it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How did you break it? So basically it, it's a big, massive industrial sander for wooden floors. And I wanted to sand the floors and repaint them. And I looked up a video because I'm not a complete idiot when it comes to these things. I'm well, going to look up a YouTube video. I'm going to look up a YouTube video. I looked up a YouTube video. You do video. most of your learnings anyway. <laughs> I'm not. I, it has everything, everything. Everything. And Nathan, who I do the radio show with, um, used to, he goes, oh, you just YouTube that. He would YouTube everything. And I was like, man, you need to just start learning how to do things for yourself as opposed to relying <laughs> on YouTube. I have now become that person. I YouTube everything. Basically, it's YouTube fascinating. video. Sorry to cut you off. It's actually fascinating how anything you can imagine is on YouTube. Yeah, like anything. I was having a conversation. It wasn't recently, but I remember my dad asking me some some for for advice about some obscure thing about like putting his bike back together or some random thing that I had no yeah. I had no idea about. He didn't really have any idea about, and I was like, Dad, just YouTube it. And he goes, how do you mean? I said, just go onto YouTube and type in, how do I X, Y, Z? And he put in like this random and seemingly irrelevant and obscure type of like skill that somebody may may have. And just bang, yeah. had about a hundred videos of this spe yeah. very specific and particular thing. It's insane. Yeah, it's so good. I just wish I put in the particular make and model of the industrial sander that I did. <laughs> Because the one that I looked up, it said you you go up, you pull back, and then you move to the next side. You do the same until the whole floor is done. And I was always wondering, geez, when I'm pulling it back, there's a bit of resistance there. Bit of resistance. But I'm going, you know, this is what the YouTube video says. Insulin resistance. It, close. See, resistance in my head. Uh, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> bam, the whole barrel just snapped, the screws broke off, the bar that was holding the sandpaper in broke off. And like, I, I couldn't fix it. Like it was completely, the screws were sheared. And I rented it on a Friday. I had it till Monday and this happened on Saturday afternoon. So for Saturday, Sunday and Monday morning, I cannot tell you the knot of anxiety and stress I had in my stomach when I was bringing it back that they were going to charge me five grand well, I was to gonna say, it. presumably if you damage this thing you're like it, it's your responsibility to repay it like yeah. how much does this machine typically cost so I that's what I googled I googled the machine that cost five grand I started to panic then I got my receipt out and I said on the receipt in small printing you have been offered higher tool insurance but you have rejected that offer I, I didn't get offered it but I signed this receipt without reading. You know, go, can you sign their server yeah, and pay yeah, for it? Yeah. Yes, I'll sign there. So then I'm thinking, well, if they've got higher insurance, obviously they're going to screw me on this. I went to, I like, honestly, I, I couldn't even imagine if I was diabetic, what my blood sugars would, would have been. It, I, I'd ring my dad. It's my dad works in like building trade. He's like, you go in and you tell them it's their fault. And I go, <laughs> I, yeah, I can't do that, but I, but I know it's my fault. Yeah. Um, but anyway, went in on the morning. I It was nine o'clock in the morning. I had five poos. That's how nervous I was. My stomach was just falling Wouldn't out. Wouldn't be like anyway, Graham. And uh, I kind of did have that attitude towards, geez, lads, the whole machine, it lost me a, a, a day and a half of work over the weekend. And they brought me out and they, they basically said, 
I didn't do X. I didn't tighten the screws enough, but I did because I, I managed to find the screws that sheared off and approve that I did. At no point did they say, you were pulling the machine back and that's why it broke off. So technically, when I went in there, I didn't lie. I said, well, lads, I've got the screws here. It proves that I did, you know, and they didn't charge me anything. They even gave me my deposit back. 100 quid deposit Please, to you're get lucky. back. You're lucky. Oh, so what was the name of the company? I might call them and say you've damaged uh, the, the machine. I was just going to say, I hope uh, neither one of the two men working there are diabetics <laughs> and listen to the insulin podcast. I'm going to call them and let them know me. you lied. <laughs> um, but 200 episodes on, I remember when we first started this podcast, it was just before COVID. Hmm. We met uh, in my old uh, place of work and we recorded six episodes in a row we were both very nervous because we didn't know if this was just going to be a flash in the pan or if it was going to be any good mm. and here we are four years later nearly nearly four years that later that is insane Not crazy insane. insanity to think it's been four yeah. years over a hundred guests we would have had. I, I, I didn't count up the guests but I I presume we're, we're generally Every, every one or two is a guest. So yeah. over a hundred different guests coming on, talking about their stories. I haven't prepared anything old like I did for episode number 100, where I got people to congratulate you. Uh, and you didn't like that. I didn't so uh, I didn't I didn't do that this time. But like <laughs> some some moments that stand out to you from the podcast. Um, can you think of any? I can, one that stands out for me was, it was fairly early on, was when you had COVID. And obviously COVID... It's very, very serious and people have lost their lives like around the world and it's horrible and so many people have been affected by it. But I remember at the time where you got it, it was still in that period where people weren't certain of basically of what the mortality rate was going to be. Mm -hmm. Like, was it going to be super high or was it, or what was it going to be like? And I remember you got it and um, it was a bit of a kind of a shock to the system because everyone didn't yeah, know what was going to be that. the reaction of, um, of diabetics as well. Mm. Um, people underlying conditions. So, that was something that definitely stood out to me. And I got to do a special shout out to Maya Kearney, who came on for her second episode. Um, if you haven't listened to that, and especially if you're a woman, my God. The first time we had her on, Owen, I've, I've say, I say it all the time, it's one of the most talked about episodes, one of the most commented on episodes, emailed about episodes, and it happened again. More emails were coming in about people uh, passing on to women in their life and uh, hearing about her endometriosis and how sore it is uh, on a daily basis. It's like heartbreaking as well to hear everything that she's got to, to um, put up with. But the spirit that she has and the fight that she has as well is uh, also inspiring. I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget to put that in because it was so recent as well, only a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Unbelievable episode. And those two, I don't think... I for it's not a massive surprise that those two episodes have had such a huge and positive response because Maya's personal experience with being diagnosed so early COVID and then endometriosis is just what, well, well, personally was incredible to hear about, but also massively valuable for anybody just to be aware of the potential signs and symptoms of these types of things. But I suppose like for me, it, it's even fascinating. It's even kind of mind blowing to think of the fact that the podcast has been alive for four years, which is crazy because I remember those first six episodes that we recorded as if they were six months ago. Yeah. And I, and when I think of 
even just personally, like how much I have changed since that point. If I was to listen back to the first six episodes, I'm probably a completely different person mm. in, I hope, all good ways um, compared to how I was four years ago, even just in relation to my diabetes too. And I always find, and I know we've kind of spoken about it before, I almost look at the earlier, like the earliest episodes of the podcast, almost like a bit of a time capsule in the sense that like what I was thinking, what I was doing, what was going on in both both of our lives at that point is just kind of like ingrained in the podcast four years ago, which is strange to think. But for me, there's not like there's so many standout episodes and standout stories that I could be here talking for hours, quite literally. But I think what is so fascinating about the whole thing and the fact that like even now we still have guests lined up is just getting to hear in depth and detail so much about other people's lives with type one, which has been personally incredible. And it's a, it's a joy to be able to put those stories into the podcast for other people to listen to. And even the emails that we get in and the, the responses that we get amazing, but it'd be hard. It'd be a hard call to pick a I, um, moment. I'm trying to look for, I think I've got it. No, no. What is this? I, anytime Graham has a surprise, <laughs> it's always, it's always something that comes from a really really good caring place which I always greatly appreciate but I hate surprises anybody who knows me knows I hate surprises and particularly if they're a if it's a surprise that evokes some sort of emotional response I hate so I'm always very wary and cautious of Graham's surprises no, it's not a surprise. I was looking for the episode number uh, because it was one that st stood out to me. And it's a little bit different because we've had people on here who are just incredible. People who have competed at the Olympics, people who have climbed Mount Everest, you know, people who have set up their own companies to help other people, people who fight in MMA against people telling them that they could never do it. But one of my favorite moments <clears throat> was a guy from Ireland called Dermot. I knew Rill. you were going to say that. I knew because you always talk I about this. I love this guy <laughs> so much. He's a farmer from Ireland. He, he contacted the podcast in October 2021. And he said, I don't listen to many podcasts, but as a diabetic, I just wanted to listen to others talk about uh, what we have. He was basically asking about sport and diabetes. And just, I knew from just the, the email, I think we read it out on the podcast and we both kind of looked at each other and go, this guy, he sounds so different to everything else we have on the podcast. Um, and you asked him at the end. <laughs> I remember, I remember. <laughs> I love it. Because he, I love him, farmer. such a good lad. The farmer and obviously there's so much physical work that goes into being a farmer and calving and looking after cows and being up so early. Mm. And you always ask at the end of a guest episode, what <laughs> are you, what you have to thank diabetes for? And he was like, nothing. 
absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, and you 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 kind of were like, ah, yeah, but you know, this, this, this. And he goes, no, <laughs> nothing. Love it. And I go, fair play to you, Derek, because you know what? Uh, that's real. That's real life. And I know when people yeah. come on, they, they try and find the positive side of diabetes. And that's what this podcast is about. But also we want the real life and the real way it affects people's day to day. And Dermot just couldn't give a shit. And yeah, he's like, nothing. 100%. Nothing. I always appreciate that level of honesty. Um, and look, Graham, something that I hope comes across on this podcast too. You know, I'm, and I actually spoke about it recently. I'm a, what I would describe as like a realistically positive person. Like I try mm. to have positive outlook and perspective on things, but I'm also not like ignorant to the to the fact that life is difficult at times particularly with diabetes so i hope that that the sense of that comes through on the podcast because i always try to make it very clear like i'm proud of my management and i'm confident of my management but by no means is my management perfect and by no means do i never have a bad blood sugar or a bad day or want to you know throw my phone with my cgm out the window from time to time, just it's the nature of the condition. But Dermot's honesty, I I think will will stick with me for a long time. Loved it, absolutely loved it. Nice, no, gent. Mm. Um, oh, this has been a nice catch up. I think we needed this episode just to kind of uh, put any differences we had aside uh, about me not being here, about the slander I received while you were recording by yourself. Deserve. And I think we, I think at uh, episode two hundred. I think we can meet in the middle and say, here's to the next 200. And hopefully I don't have to do too much renovations yeah. anymore. Well, unless you, you get really wealthy and you start buying multiple houses, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But if yeah, I'm, it's been if, nice to just to have a, almost like a think out loud type of episode yeah. because it's a, it's nice to reminisce and think back to the time we kicked it off. And I remember I was terrified absolutely terrified see when i put on those headphones for the first time in that studio yeah terrified to now i'm kind of usually i'm standing but i'm it's been a long day so i'm slouched back in my chair completely casual and, re and relaxed and i think there's a a nice lesson in that knowing that not even re related to podcasts or diabetes specifically but it's like if you're nervous or terrified to do something just say effort and give it a go anyway you don't know where it's going to lead to or what will happen as a result and your confidence with that thing will grow over time inevitably so to even think back the comparison from being absolutely terrified to now slouched back in a chair yeah completely relaxed i'm i've i've grown as a person a lot in four years and I hope anybody who listens to the podcast also has but particularly anybody who has listened to the podcast from day one really appreciate it greatly appreciate it episode 200 on thank you very much thank you everybody and as always chat next week look after your blood sugars have a good day have a good week take it easy we love you all bye <laughs>